Good morning, Woods Edge. Hope you're doing well. Hope you've had a good week. Earlier in this week, Gail and I have been in Malawi, one of our focused countries. I have been speaking to some pastors as well as to some village chiefs. And then we've been visiting Jacob and Miriam Chung, our missionaries who are in Malawi. This morning, our speaker is Yvonne Bikoff. You'll love Yvonne. Yvonne is deep with God. Yvonne is part of our Woods Edge family. Yvonne, his wife Svetlana, originally from Uzbekistan. Three kids, Victoria, Samuel, and Anastasia. Yvonne is one of the leaders in the revival sports ministry. Along with his brother-in-law, Sergei Kirpinov. Sergei is one of our elders. Yvonne and Sergei and their partners have this fabulous ministry, disciple-making ministry around the world. The Russian-speaking world is where they focus. They use soccer and sports ministry to make disciples. And they're seeing incredible impact. And they're seeing even some disciple-making movements, which, of course, is part of our vision and goal here at Wazetch. So would you give a warm welcome to Yvonne? Good morning. Some of you ask me, so what is the theme of your message today? And it reminded me of the story about the shrewd public speaker that lived many years ago in Central Asia in the region where I came from. So he was traveling from village to village, from city to city, speaking publicly. And once he came to one village and villagers hosted him. So on Friday, he got up on the stage and he asked the crowd, do you know what I'm going to speak about? And everybody said, no, no, we don't know. Then he said, your hearts are not ready for my message. Go back home and come next week. So he's staying again for the whole week. People are hosting him with the uh, great hospitality of Central Asia. Next Friday, he's on the stage. People in front of him, he's asking the same question. Now people are responding, yes, yes, we know, of course we know. And he is saying to them, your hearts are so proud. There is no space for my message today. Go back home and get your hearts ready for the next week. So next Friday, he is again on the stage. Now the crowd divided on two halves. One decided to shout, yes. Another decided to shout, no. So he is repeating the same question. And now people are saying, yes, we know, no, we don't know. And then he turned to them and he paused and he said, those who know, tell to those who don't know. (laughs) And he left. (laughs) So the whole point is not that I want to shorter this service and ask this question to you and let you go early. Because Jeff is coming back next week and I don't have chance to come back. But the point is, so we can... Make our hearts ready for the message that God prepared for us today. It is so important that we will be tuned on the voice of God and receive what He prepared for us today. So I would like you to ask to pray with me for our hearts to receive this message. Father, we come before you and we know that you would like to speak to us today. Thank you for your love and grace and mercy. And we really want to fellowship with you. Thank you for the Bible, for your word. And we pray, would you please clean our heart from sin and make our hearts ready 
to whatever you want to speak to us. Would you please make our faith strong so we will accept and obey whatever you want to speak to us. You know where we are. You know what is happening in our lives. So would you please teach us this morning through your scripture. In the name of Jesus, amen. I love the Word of God. I love how God speaks to us through the pages of this holy book. So today we will focus on Matthew 10 from 16 to 23. We will dig into every verse from this passage. But before we go to Scripture, I would like to set a stage of what is happening before that. So the Gospel of Matthew is the very first book in the New Testament. Everything before that is the Old Testament. The goal of Old Testament is to point to Jesus, to point to Christ. So from Genesis 1, starting broad, and all the way to the Gospels, the goal of every verse in the Old Testament to describe Jesus and point to Jesus. Now we turn to the New Testament. The first Gospel of Matthew was written for Jewish people who was waiting for kingdom of God. And the author of this gospel is painting the image of Jesus that he is the king of the God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 9 says that Jesus returned back to his home city. He was doing miraculous work. And now he is going from other places. And if we see, he's on a kingdom journey. Matthew 9, 36 starts with vision and team that Jesus sets for the kingdom journey. The vision is big. The harvester is ready. The Lord of the harvest sends workers to his harvest. This is the kingdom journey. And here Jesus spends 10% of these verses if you do the proper calculation, you will find out it's 10%. He says the vision. He says the people on the kingdom journey. Then he moves to the next part. And from verse 6 to 15, Jesus spends about 15% of his time teaching about strategy and message. This is what you're going to do. You're going to from village to village. And this is what you're not supposed to do. Don't greet don't take with you this and that. So he's spending 50% on strategy and message, proclaim the kingdom of God. Then starting from verse 16 to 39, it's a big section of 70% that Jesus dedicates to something specific. And then he wraps this with a 5% of reward for those who are going on this kingdom journey or for those who will receive the kingdom travelers. So what Jesus is talking in, about in this big section of 70%, he is talking about resistance. He is very clear that there is a resistance and reality that, that is going to stop you on this journey. As a strategist in our ministry, I would spend 90% of designing the strategy, setting the right vision, and getting people ready to Implement that. But Jesus knows that even the great strategy can fall apart because of the resistance that stops people from implementation 
of that. As we travel on this kingdom journey, there is something that wants to stop us and brings us back or change the course of our journey. So we see this thing as the lowest points of our trip. Or we want to avoid that around. But the kingdom of God is an upside-down kingdom. It's not the lowest points. It's the highest points. It's our ups and heights that will make our life rich, exciting, and wonderful. So now let's go to the, this passage and read together verse 16 to 23. Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Be aware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in the synagogues. And you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake. To bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brothers will deliver brother over to death. And the father his child. And children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. This is the word of God. In this 70% section, from 16 to 39, you will... See the three main streams of resistance. One we just read through. The stream of resistance that comes from relationships. The second one, the portion comes from uh, verse 22 to 33. It's about the stream of resistance from flesh. And the third is about priorities. If you want to go back to website of Woodsage and listen to Jeff's message on May 3rd, he will talk about this third wave of resistance that comes from priority. Today we will focus on first part, the resistance that comes from relationships. Everyone eagers for change. And Jesus sees the crowd, having compassion to them, he wants a change for them. So in this passage, Jesus presents the formula of change. Every one of us here in a different situation. We came and we have a long and deep desire for change in our family, our marriage. We want to be a better dad. We want to be a better parent, better children. Some of us are eager to make disciples. So we want to change And change equals, Jesus presents that formula to us, something that we will uh, discuss together. Change equals dissatisfaction. Multiply, but first dissatisfaction. You are not going to be changed, or we will never desire for change if we are not satisfied. So dissatisfaction causes us to take the course on a change. 
But dissatisfaction needs to be multiplied by vision. Jesus gives a big vision. And I believe that here in the Woodsage we have no problem with a big vision. Everyone wants to be disciple and disciple others. Everyone desires for Houston to be known as a city of God. To see disciple-making movements locally, internationally, and be a part of ongoing uh, culture of transformation and revival. So we have no problem with big vision. Dissatisfaction multiplies vision, multiplies first steps. We can have big desire, but we need to make first steps toward that. And somebody said that the journey of thousand miles always begins with first steps step most of us know exactly what to do to see change we want to see change that bible will become alive for us we want these stories to be a part of our life stories different names different locations but we want these stories to be our stories and we know exactly what to do but jesus says that this supposed to be bigger than resistance we face. Dissatisfaction multiplies vision, multiplies first steps, needs to be bigger than resistance that wants to stop us. We will never understand that as long as we become like children. And Jesus said, become a child and you will understand the kingdom. So when we're in this situation, and we're on our ups and heights of the kingdom journey, we need to be like children. When I was a child, my biggest fun with my dad was to climb on the ups whenever we go, or to go on the stairs, or stay on the top of the car, and say, Daddy, catch me. And I see the distance between where I am now, And where I want to be, I know that there is a situation where I will not able to control that. I full of fear. I I want to go back, but I know if I go back, I miss the biggest joy. So I'm staying on the edge. And I learn one simple thing. I need to count one, two, three. Then switch my mind off and just jump into my daddy's arms. And when I landed, I always felt biggest joy. And now I want to go back again to this moment and repeat the same over and over. Now I have three children, and they do the same thing. Whenever we're in the pool, they want to jump from the edge of the pool into my arms. They always want to do that. Jesus is saying the kingdom journey has these ups and heights. And when you're on these moments... You always want to avoid. You want to go around. You want to go back. But daddy waits us with open arms. And here's the little tip. Let's just learn from our children. And say, one, two, three. Daddy, catch me. And act on the first steps, whatever God wants us to do. Now, in this passage... From verse 16 to 23, we will see there are four types of relational resistance that wants to stop us 
on this kingdom journey. The only solution for that is to act, is to do, is to move forward. And Jesus in every resistance gives a solution or action steps for us. So from verse 16 to 18, we see the resistance, relational resistance that comes from opinions, from the public opinions. Jesus says, verse 17, Be aware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in the synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. Be aware of this situation. Synagogues, courts, a public place in the Jewish culture when opinions presented. Some opinions presented on the political matters, social issues, religious, theological subjects. And these are the places where form the public opinions. And if you cast out of synagogue, it means you are rejected by the society. You are going to against the opinions of others. But Jesus is saying, be aware of that. Be aware of that. So we, whenever we want to see change in our life, we always come to the point where we want to do something, but we start thinking about opinions of others. What these people will think about me? How I will look in the eyes of these people? Opinions are so strong that they start paralyze us from acting the way we want to do. And we know these situations. Just look in the eyes of your neighbors who are sitting on your left and right, and you will realize that we are so many times in the situations when opinions have power over us. Jesus is saying a real thing. He says, I will send you. And this is what you're going to face. But will you allow opinions to stop you from this jump? Or you will act upon that? A few months ago, when we still lived in Israel, I was flying from a ministry that we have done did in Belarus to Israel. And as I was waiting for my boarding to begin, I was sitting in a coffee shop area, sipping for coffee, waiting for the boarding to be announced. And I saw a couple sitting at the other table close by. And immediately, something clicked in my mind, in my heart, and desire came to join them at the table and share with them the love of Jesus. Have you ever had situations like that? From nowhere, the crazy desire came that you didn't plan, you didn't expect, But now you're in this situation to do or not to do. And like, oh, I didn't plan for that. I just want to sit here for another 20 minutes, finish my coffee, and go on my plane and come back home. I'm tired. But more I was thinking about how I will engage in the conversation. What these people will think about me. How people around us will react on my Uh, On what I do. So as I was thinking about that. They announced the boarding time. So now I left the table. Went on the plane. Sat on my chair. And this couple comes 
into, on the plane. And they sat right behind me. And I'm like, okay, uh, maybe now I need to do something. And the flight was short about two hours. So as we flying, different scenarios goes through my mind. But I keep stopping them and keep posing them and keep bringing them back, saying how I will turn around these chairs. What will I say? They're probably watching the movies or uh, listening to music, reading the stuff. Uh, I will interrupt them. And I was paralyzed by these opinions that I thought about them. We landed. Now as they start talking with other people, I heard from the conversation. This couple serves as ambassadors in the Israel embassy in Belarus. And they came for a short period of time to spend their time with the uh, children. And the children live in Ashdod, in the city where I lived. And I immediately realized these people are people of influence. And they live in my city. And I had incredible opportunity to get to know them at the coffee shop, on the plane. And now I miss the biggest fun I could ever have. As I was driving back home, I was very sad. I was very disappointed that I led the opinions to paralyze me. And I didn't say, one, two, three, daddy, catch me. And just grab my coffee and move on the table, say hello, and see whatever happens. <laughs> the good thing is that God always gives us a second chance. And we need always learn from our failures. Because failure is another word for growth. Another word to learn. The second resistance that we see in verse 19 and 20 comes from the fears. As we read together, When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is, it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Don't be anxious. Don't be fearful. And there's so many times Jesus keeps repeating in this passage, don't be afraid. This is ups and heights of the kingdom. This is where we can experience the joy this is what brings us to the point when we will be never the same again if we don't allow fears to stop us. Many of us realize that the Word of God has a huge transformational impact on our lives. So we want to start reading Scripture with our friends at work, with our neighbors, with people to whom we serve, or people around us. But the anxiety and fears on how we will approach them, how we will invite them, what will we say, and if they say yes, what we are going to read, and if they will ask tough questions that we don't have answer, what we are going to, how are we going to respond? And there are so many doubts and fears and anxiety that we want just to go back. But remember, all we need to go is just jump in the hands of our Father. One, two, three. Daddy, catch me. Switch our minds off and approach with the invitation. For those 
who are very familiar with the Russian literature, you might read from the brothers uh, Karamazov, wrote by uh, Fyodor Dostoevsky. In this book, you will meet uh, Father the Sima, who is a father or monk in the Orthodox monastery. And as he was saying his last words to his fellow believers, he was encouraging these people, don't be afraid to invite people to read Scripture. Because Scripture has a powerful impact on their lives. And I want to read the portion from this book to you as encouragement. For he may be short enough time, he may say truly that he is overwhelmed all the while with work and service, but still it is not all the time. Even he has an hour a week to remember God, and he does not work the whole year round. Let him gather around him once a week, some hour in the evening, if only the children at first, the fathers will hear of it, and they too will begin to come. There is no need to build holes of this. Let him take them into his own house. They won't spoil his house. They would only be there an hour. Let him open that book and begin reading it without grand words, specific explanation, but gently and kindly, being glad that he is reading to them and that they are listening with attention, loving the words himself, only stopping from time to time, explaining words that are not understood by the peasants. Don't be anxious. They will understand everything. Only a little tiny seed is needed. Drop into the heart of the peasant and it won't die. It will live in his soul all his life. It will be hidden in the midst of the, his darkness and sin, like a bright, bright spot, like a great reminder. All you need, don't be fearful. Just invite for reading. Just make this step. And this tiny little seed will make a tremendous change. The third resistance that comes from relationships, we can read in verse 21, 22. Brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child. And children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. The resistance that we're going to face comes from opposition. And the most difficult opposition comes from people who are very close to you. It could be your spouse. It could be your children. It could be your parents. It could be your close relatives and friends. The opposition comes. It's real. But what we are going to do about that? Are we willing to endure that to the end? I remember one of my fellow brothers who became a believer in our home country. He came from another faith background and full of desire. He was traveling this kingdom journey. The word of God changed his life. And he decided to take this book and give it to his uh, brother. But he knew if he will give it to him, immediately his brother will realize that he is a follower of Jesus and it could cost him a life. So he's staying on these ups and highs of the kingdom 
making decisions. Should I give it or not? Finally, he jumped into the father's heart, arms and he gave the holy book to his brother. His brother was a religious man. He wrote on the cover, holy book, and he was afraid to throw it away and he was afraid to read. So he decided to take it to the mosque and present it to the imam and ask his permission and opinion on what he's supposed to do with this book. When imam was holding the book in his hands, he realized that he's in the same situation. He afraid to throw this away because he doesn't want to cause the wrath of God. And he don't know if he should be allowed to read. So he said, let me read it first. And I will make my conclusion if you can read or not. And as he was reading, we know what happened. The Spirit of God convinced his heart. He became a follower of Jesus. And he started reading from the scripture to entire community who would come every day for mosque for regular prayers. This is the biggest joy. This is the biggest fun. But it's happened if we're willing to make this first step and act. This brother, being in the opposition, he decided to endure to the end. And on one, two, three, daddy, just catch me. And this is what happened. And the fourth fourth resistance that come to us through relationships, verse 23. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before Son of Man comes. The fourth is about rejections, but go to the next Jesus again saying very openly, he is not hiding. He is not sending his disciples and, and, and saying, have a safe trip. Enjoy the journey. Everything is all right. You will have fun. This is the way we say goodbye to people. Jesus is doing different. Go on this journey. People will reject you. People will drag you into the prisons. This is what will happen to you. Have a nice journey. So one of the resistance comes from rejection. And from the childhood, we don't like when people say no to us. Am I right? I know each of us don't like when people say no to us. But Jesus is saying, this is the reality. You go to one and people will say no to you. They will reject you. What are you supposed to do? Stop approaching people? No. Flee to the next. Move to the next. Because with every no, you're getting close to yes. Every time somebody say to you no, it means you're coming close to somebody who will say yes. And when this person will say yes to you, you will be in daddy's arm. Having this fun, saying, why did I wait so long? I need to go back and jump and repeat it over and over and over. Many times we think, should I ask this person to pray for his healing? What if he says no? Should I invite these neighbors over to my house and pray for them as we have meal together? What if they say no? There are so many things goes through our mind. Let them say no or yes. And if you find no, move to the next. 
And if they say yes, you will experience the biggest fun on your kingdom journey. This is what Jesus wants for us. He wants to change our life. But change equals dissatisfaction multiplied by vision, multiplied by first steps, and everything should be bigger than the resistance we face. And the good news, we have a spirit of God that is a spirit not fear, but the spirit of power and love that will help us to go through this resistance. And on one, two, three, jump and say, Daddy, catch me. Let's pray together as we close our time and ask for Father's help on this journey. Father, we come before you. And we want to say thank you so much for Jesus Christ who went on this journey to the earth knowing that he is going to die on the cross. But as you, Jesus, was hanging on the cross, you say, i done the work. Daddy, this is my spirit. I want to be in your arms. And thank you for your spirit that is dwelling in us. And we're longing for change. And we ask you, would you please change us and help us to make these steps bold and forward. And even sometimes we're reasoning with ourselves and so strong about opinions of others and afraid rejections and don't want to uh, go to the opposition. But give us the spirit of power and love so we will act boldly in obedience to your word. In the name of Jesus, amen.